This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks, welcome back. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1 AM 1170. The answer. Making good people defenseless does not make bad people harmless. Gun control laws only disarm the law-abiding. Murder, rape, and assault are already against the law. So do we really think a law that bans concealed carry will stop a a criminal? Help us fight back and become a member of San Diego County Gun Owners. We make activism easy, so join today. Go to sdcgo.org slash join and sign up to be a member. Together, we will win. A gun show is back in San Diego, everybody. We're very, very, very happy with our association uh, with the gun show and what we're doing to make it special and cool. So the San Diego Gun Show, March 2nd and March 3rd at the Legacy Center in Mission Valley, the Legacy Center on the south side of the 8. It's both a gun show and a gun symposium. We're going to have all kinds of cool stuff going on, including Second Amendment movie night. Saturday night, we're going to have a we're going to show a Second Amendment movie in a state of the art five hundred person theater. You're invited to buy tickets and come walk, come to the movies with us. Gun show is going to have guns, going to have ammo, going to have speakers. It's also a symposium. There's a lot of cool stuff happening, and the early bird ticket sale end ends tonight at midnight. Um, so uh, public ticket sales start tomorrow, January twenty second. And uh, you're going to want to go to Gun Owners Radio to buy your tickets. So how can you participate? Well, we got a lot of opportunities for people to participate, including sponsorships, exhibits, volunteers, and more. We're going to have over 100 vendors. We're going to have about a dozen public speakers. We're going to have all kinds of really cool things happening. So uh, um, please come down and make the gun show special with us. March 2nd and 3rd, GunOwnersRadio.com. Buy your tickets. Early bird special ends tonight at midnight. And then general sales happen starting tomorrow. So uh, in the studio, we have Carl DeMaio, and we're going to talk to him. We're going to talk. We're going to touch base with Carl. Carl, thank you for, for joining us. And uh, we're basically uh, we're going to spend uh, the next two hours talking about all kinds of cool things with, with, with Carl. But, you know, I wanted to start, before we dig in, I wanted to start – Last week was Martin Luther King Day, and I looked at everything online and was very disappointed in the lack of coverage, lack of of excitement over Martin Luther King Day, and then I realized I was just as guilty. We didn't even mention it last week, and I was- Yeah, we did. Well, if we mentioned it, it we didn't, very light, we we didn't did. talk as much as we should. And I got to tell you, I'm a big fan. <clears throat> you know, was Martin Luther King, the individual, a perfect person? Nobody is. Uh, my understanding was there was only one person that walked on water, and uh, that was a few thousand years ago. Um, so, but what he did do was amazing. So I wanted to just talk about it for just a couple of minutes and talk about some of the things I liked and some of the things that uh, I'm frustrated with. Uh, he was an extremely effective activist. 
Um, he absolutely deserves people's uh, praise and admiration. Uh, I think he did a fantastic job on the subject of civil rights, uh, particularly for the black community in, in the United States. And uh, he, he did an amazing thing. He did it um, through pure activism. He didn't do it through violence. Um, he did exactly what the Constitution was designed to do, which he raised an issue and, and got people on his side and then um, you know, pr- used the government to protect people's rights. Now, you know, you can argue about the nuances of the Civil Rights Act in 1964. I get it. But uh, what he did um, on a general uh, basis was amazing, was truly amazing. And, and the fact that he s- stepped up to do it um, was even more amazing. <clears throat> And what really got me going on this were, were a couple things. One is I saw a post by somebody who who talked about how, well, you know, the FBI investigated him and found that he did this thing horrible and that thing horrible and he was horrible here and he was horrible there. Okay, um, I'm sure he was a flawed man. And I don't know how much of what was reported by this, this individual was accurate. But my first thought was, okay, if this guy was so flawed and that's what it took – to step up and get done what clearly needed to get done at the time. Um, You know, we're talking about the Jim Crow South, which, you know, I grew up in the South. I still have family in the South. I mean, you know, you could, up until a few years ago, you could go to downtown Fredericksburg, Virginia, and see a stump where they would would stand slaves on this stump to be auctioned off in, in the town center. Um, and that was just a couple generations away. You know, my great grandfather was alive during during the Civil War, during slavery. My father was alive uh, during uh, the Jim Crow South. You know, my mother had memories uh, in Philadelphia, where they'd have whites only uh, areas of town and whites only uh, 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 drinking fountains. It was horrible. It was truly, truly horrible. So the fact that he stood up and did something and he led, and it wasn't just him, but he led a coalition and he did something was amazing as a professional activist, as someone who's involved in the, in the same process, and, and frankly, a, 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 you know, another type of civil rights. He's somebody I respect greatly. He's somebody that I um, follow and emulate uh, in a lot of different ways. But here's one thing, Dave, that really frustrates me, and I think I want to spend just a couple minutes talking about. The Republican Party has completely disassociated themselves from Martin Luther King. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that it's inarguably one of their greatest accomplishments that they led the Civil Rights uh, uh, Act, mm-hmm. that, they, that they were the ones that supported it. Um, and, and you wouldn't know it by looking at social media or websites well, or not emails. Today. Not today. Which yeah. is inexcusable. Oh, yeah. you, if you looked at, if you looked, if you just compared, you know, messaging, social media or wherever, emails – it sounded like it was a Democratic Party thing. You would. You when, would. in fact, it was the total opposite. <laughs> it was but, Republicans fighting back against Democrats who were enforcing the Jim Crow South. If you're on the road and you ever have a chance to get to Memphis, Tennessee, mm-hmm. go to the Lorraine Motel. Mm. That's where he was assassinated. Yeah. And I was there last year. And it's one of the most moving experiences you'll ever have. I don't care what side you're on or anything. It is just an amazing experience uh carl have you ever been to lorraine Mm-mm. you it, it, it's something if you ever get in the area take take a road trip i mean it's it's just a 
rundown motel with a couple of old classic cars in front, but the stuff inside the building is, is amazing. Well, it's and there's a couple things I just wanted to touch on, and then we'll, we'll go to a commercial break and we'll roll on with the show. But it was important for me to, to like I said, I don't think we, we talked about it near enough. And when I saw other people not talking about it, I felt bad. I wanted to bring it up. Um, but, uh, you know, when he when his house was, was, was attacked, um, he applied for a permit. He applied for a gun permit and was denied by the sheriff. And if that's not something that we here as gun owners in San Diego can relate to, I don't know what is. Oh, yeah. I mean, the sheriff denying him a gun permit is something we've all experienced, unless he moved here, you know, uh, uh, less than five, six, seven years ago. Um, you also were denied a gun permit by the sheriff. Um, and I, I, I think it's it's important to, to, to realize that we're, we're all we're kind of in the same boat. You know, we're kind of in the same boat. Here's somebody who did something enormously effective. Here's somebody who didn't care if they ended up their name on a list. You know, here's someone who didn't care if their neighbors and coworkers found out what kind of civil rights they were fighting for. And further, and and again, an amazingly, this was a huge Republican Party victory, and they've completely scuttled it. They've completely scuttled it. And there are so many Republicans that don't even know that this was a Republican victory. And I think it's an enormous mistake. I, I, you know, I'm not not big on identity politics, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about uh, an initiative um, that the Republican Party championed, won, and then have completely forgot about. And as a result, the Democrats picked it up and they act like it's their own. And I, I just wanted to take again half a segment there to talk about what an amazing. Uh, job that Martin Luther King did, and and that I think that we as activists, and and if there are any Republicans out, you guys got to recapture that. It, it, we we can't we can't lose that. That he did an amazing job. It touched so many lives. Um, he did it in the right way, and uh, I hope we can recapture his story and 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 uh, tell it the right way. All right, great deal. Let's uh, take a break. We come back. We have a very special guest in the house. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio, FM. 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, gun owners, listen up. If you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need a California's best firearms lawyer, and that means John Dillon. He can help you with red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws, so put his number on your phone right now, 760-642-7150. That's 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon, California's firearm lawyer. All right. Our in-studio guest is someone that is no stranger to radio and no stranger to uh, political radio, particularly. Uh, you may have seen him on or heard him on the Carl DeMa- or the DeMaio Report. You may have seen him as a part of Reform California. You may have seen him back when he was a city council member for San Diego, or you may have seen him 
as a candidate for the assembly out in East County and uh, someone who really, I got to tell you, there, there's nobody who, we just had our, our North County meeting and you were our guest speaker and we had three times the amount of people show up that we normally do. I, it's unbelievable what you've done with the- You uh, offered them free pizza, that's why. This, yeah, well, <laughs> I, we offer we always offer them three, free pizza, but this time their slice came with, with, a, with a side of Carl DeMaio and boom, everybody showed up. I don't know. There's just nobody that's touched politics in San Diego um, as effectively as you have. And uh, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. So thank you so much for coming to the studio. Congratulations on all your success. Well, that was a very, very kind uh, introduction. Thank you very much. And, uh, you know, right back at you, I think that what you've done with San Diego County gun owners, what you're doing now in other counties to build a grassroots movement to defend our freedoms, to defend the Second Amendment, um, to protect our public safety. That's really what this is about. It's the right of self-defense. It is the ability for us to protect ourselves, our friends, our family. Uh, and uh, you're the one out there that's actually lighting a fire and building a movement and moving the needle. There's not a whole lot of places in California where we can actually say we're moving and moving the needle towards freedom. And you've been able to do that in a number of um, jurisdictions when the gun grabbers show up. Uh, and uh, I really appreciate that, and we, we do appreciate the partnership we have with San Diego County Gun Owners and, and Reform California. It is a good partnership, and I, I think a lot of people, um, everybody's, everybody knows your name. And, you know, and you, you've gotten to the point. Particularly my opponents yeah. and my enemies, <laughs> the, 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 the gun grabbers, the, the, the leftists. The, that, that just they, means you're doing it right. They definitely know my name. <laughs> well, it's gotten to the point where you don't even, you're kind of at that level of, uh, of notoriety where you, you don't even have to mention the last name anymore. You just say, oh, well, Carl. And everybody knows exactly, you know, um, which that is awesome. That is a troublemaker. <laughs> so I think everybody knows you. Yeah. Um, I don't think a lot of folks know about you as a person. So I wanted to spend some time sure. telling your story. Um, where did you, uh, well, where, does, where, does this, where did it begin? Where, does, where, did, where did your story begin? Well, I grew up in Orange County uh, and, um, you know, in, in a, a pretty, you know, middle-class environment. Mm -hmm. But when I was in third grade, my mother got uh, diagnosed with terminal cancer, mm -hmm. given six, six weeks potentially to live, six months at most. And uh, we, in third grade, you were in third, in third grade. grade. And at the time, you know, when you're a third grader, you don't know what cancer means. You don't understand that. I'm you sure. don't understand that. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember uh, her first chemotherapy was uh, uh, Halloween night. Jeez. And, uh, you know, she got sick and it was just a really rough, rough patch. Mm -hmm. But uh, my mother used to say, I can't leave my kids with their father because he was very abusive. And she she said, I need to continue to live. So she she parlayed six weeks to six months into six and a half years. Wow. And um, she did it. And, and you know you know how when you're an adult, you finally realize what your parents did for you? Yeah. Now I have, a, I have so much better an understanding of her sacrifice and how she hid it from us. Hmm. Because she was going through terrible pain, but she did it with a smile. And hmm. she never gave up. And she never gave up hope. She just kept plodding along. And no matter what test result came back or whatnot, she would always, you know, so, Shield us from it, and it was always, you know, let's just continue the course and, and continue to fight. Um, you know, she also, uh, you know, instilled in me that the easy easy route is never likely going to be the right route. Yeah. Um, that you've got to do what's right. So, you know, fast forward, she passes away. My father leaves two weeks beforehand, uh, abandons the family. Uh, the, we have three kids that were split up, 
Um, I was 15 years old. I was taken in by the Jesuit priests in Rockville, Maryland at a boarding school. How did that happen? Uh, Let's talk first, touch on what's a Jesuit? A Jesuit is a Catholic priest. Uh, These are uh, priests that are known for their, um, over the centuries, uh, taking on government uh, or being very involved in government and uh, most recently they're seen more on the on the left wing of the of the spectrum mm. which is odd for me because I'm on the right right yeah. wing um but they're social justice warriors from the standpoint of they they speak truth to power they're not afraid to challenge systems and so I don't consider that to be a progressive or left wing concept I just mm-hmm. think that that is like a, a concept of doing what's right and 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 fighting the good fight so you know, they took me in. Well, how, so how did a group of Jesuits in Maryland find my mother a kid wrote in Orange County? My mother wrote. Wow, them and told her story. And years later, I found out that there were three Jesuits on a board that got to decide whether they were going to give me a scholarship because we didn't have money to go to a boarding school. And the um, uh, the vote was two to one. Mm. And uh, the, the priest that voted against me years later told me, he said, I have something to confess. I, I voted against you coming because I thought it would be too unstable huh. for you and that that's not a responsibility that we, we were prepared to take on. Uh, I was wrong, and I'm glad that I was outvoted. <laughs> wow. And it was so w- remarkable. But um, So I, I got a full scholarship to this boarding school. I got a safe environment for them to, you know, take care of me, mm-hmm. um, and uh, earned a scholarship to Georgetown University. We're, no, we're, growing up, were you religious? And were you particularly <laughs> religious after going through the Jesuits? I, I, I am, I am um, religious but not dogmatic from the standpoint of I'm a Catholic. I go to Mass once a year, <laughs> Christmas, <laughs> you know. But um, I, I actually— uh, were, you, were you Catholic prior? Yes. You, Catholic, you grew up, your went mom— Went to a Catholic school. My mother was a good Catholic girl, and— um, you know, I, I, at Georgetown, um, uh, prep, the, the boarding school, I went through the Ignatian spiritual exercises, which is very rigorous. And, you know, people who go through that program potentially go to seminary, but I knew seminary was not for me. Um, why, but I, why was seminary not for you? I, you know, I, I think it was more of my faith is an important part of me, but it's not a, it's not my vocation. Okay. You know, my view was I'm going to get out in the world uh, and you know, try to have an impact, uh, not through religion, but through my service, public public service. And I, I think a lot of people, uh, there's kind of two. I don't know how to put it, but there's there's kind of two two ways people lean. You know, there's a little bit of both. Uh, but w- when it comes to religion, if they're active or whatever in in religion, it's it's either more of a tradition or it's more of a spiritual like belief. Spiritual belief would be me. You know, for me, it's a spiritual belief. Uh, gosh, I didn't even know we were going to talk about religion. And, uh, God, <laughs> I, I, we're talking God. Yeah. I thought we were talking guns. Uh, <laughs> but no, for me, it, it's it's you know, I know and I'm very comfortable with my faith. I have that relationship with God. Mm-hmm. And when people when people say, "What do you mean you have a relationship with God?" If you don't have a relationship with God, you don't know what you're talking. You don't know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, people that do have a relationship with God know what I'm talking about. And sometimes it's a relationship where you're distant. Sometimes it's a relationship where you're very close. But at various points in my life, I do know that the hand of God has absolutely directed me and, wow. and, and saved me and, and comforted me and sustained me and, and saved me. 
um, I was dealing with, you know, the loss of my family. Yeah. Uh, and it was difficult for me until I had a breakthrough with God through prayer, through the spiritual exercises. And I remember talking to my spiritual director over a period of two years. I was saying, okay, so what prayer do I have to pray to get over my mom dying mm. and getting over my dad being a deadbeat? What what's the prayer? And she said it doesn't work that way. Yeah. It doesn't work that way. Stop trying to force it. Just let it come. And the and, and you know what? The consolation came to me. And you know, and and it comes to you when you're ready for it. And so for me, when people say, "Well, why are you willing to take on these very powerful forces like the you know, government unions or, you know, you know that they're very rich you know, special interests, well-funded special interests that you're upsetting. My view is like, I've already had the worst happen to me in my life. Yeah, no kidding. What worse could happen to me? When I started my companies mm-hmm. and built them up from nothing, we never had a loan. We never had any financing. It was, I always put my own finances on the line. I maxed out credit cards to build those companies. And we always did everything on a cash basis. It's like, okay, let's invest. Let's invest. And we were constantly betting the company. People say, how are you willing to live with that sort of risk? And I said, what are they going to do? Take take everything away? I've already been there, done it, got the T-shirt. So there's an element of if you believe in something and it's worth fighting for, don't worry about the blowback or the consequence. Do it because if you don't do it, how can you live with yourself later yeah. on? And it, it gets into my, my concept of activism politics. I believe that this state can be saved. I believe if we don't save it, that it will be, be not only bad for California, it will be bad for people here in California – I don't believe our country can survive with a sick California. You cannot have a safe, prosperous, secure America with a sick California. Right now, California is terminal. We need to do an intervention. We need to save it no matter the cost. And that, you know, when that especially comes up, and I'm noticing, uh, I think you feel the same. Um, When people talk about leaving California, especially on... It, it drives me insane when someone on social media, you know, says, well, this is why I left California, you know, and they're sitting in some state. Here are millions of people, you know, at least thousands of people staying in California and fighting. And you have some jerk who just up and left. And now he's throwing stones at us. No, but I understand why. Here's why. <clears throat> sure, they should have stayed and fought. And there's reasons for that. But unless they see a plan of action yeah. for the fighters then why should they stay and fight? They're just being led to the slaughter at that point. Right. So that's what I, that's why I blame the California Republican Party for being a dumpster fire of ineptitude. The San Diego Republican Party has you know caught the contagion as well. They're inept as right. well. So that's why Reform California and the movement I'm leading is designed to give people the, the game plan. How do we fight? Where do we fight? How does everyone kind of do their small part? Because all of us, you know, can pitch in wherever we can, but together we all can be very powerful as a movement. That's what my responsibility is. Lay out the plan and invite people to the table. And I'm going to talk about reform in the next segment too, for sure. You're the only one when I listen to your show that actually gave a plan on filling seats. Remember when you did that? I think there was not. Oh, uh, seats in office, yes. Mm-hmm. Recruiting people to office. I had never yeah. heard that out of any politician for as long as I've They're I'd only been. interested in themselves. Thank I'm interested in making change yeah. across the board. And that was the, probably, I thought to myself, well, darn, how hard could that be? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, and there again, you even take care of that end, too. We'll train you. We'll support you. See, there you go. Oh, Alicia? I need a job. What you do, you don't do nothing. 
This is Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey folks, hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio FM 96.1 AM 1170. The Answer. Hey, want to learn to fly? Yes. You can get your pilot's license. San Diego is one of the best places to get the airplane pilot's license because pilots can fly almost every day. Learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International Gun Owner Radio listeners. Hey, check this out. One hour ground school, one hour flight and an instructor. Yep, you get to fly. It's a $400 value, but you're going to get it for $350. Give them a call at 858-569-1822. Learn to fly with SDFTI. That's 858-569-1822. So we're talking to Carl DeMaio, and uh, I got to tell you, I've, uh, I don't think, I mean, there's been a ton of people who have been extremely helpful with San Diego County Gun Owners. We've had board members and volunteers and donors and all kinds of people. I, I honestly, if, if not the, one of the most helpful people in San Diego County Gun Owners from the very beginning on a consistent basis, you. I really, truly, I don't, you, you've given so much help. And I say this a lot, and it's worth saying a lot. I tell a lot of people this. In the world of politics, you know, it's, it's well, gee, one hand, one hand washes the other. You do this for me, I'll do that for you. So, so many people have offered help and then asked something in return. You have given more help than anybody and have never made a demand or even asked for anything in return. Um, I kept waiting for the, you know, the kind of the, the, the shoot a fall or the foot what, what's the term you know I kept waiting for like all right at some point he's gonna I'm gonna have to pay the pipe pied piper whatever right whatever the cliche is you've never asked for anything in return you just want us to be successful and I can't tell you how much I appreciate that well there are two two reasons why number one you make it easy to support you because what you're doing is so good it's so worthy the cause is worthy and the way in which you you are trying to move the needle is so right and number two, at Reform California, our goal is to work in collaboration and coalition with freedom fighters. And we have to build up the infrastructure of our side. When you succeed in moving the needle towards more freedom, that helps us achieve our mission mm-hmm. at Reform California of a more accountable, transparent, uh, prosperous state, uh, freedom-oriented s- state, a safer state. So, uh, you know, it makes eminent sense. I love what you're doing. Um, and and I, I hope that people have seen what we're trying to do because I want others to emulate it. You know, stop complaining about things. If you if, if you have an idea, do something productive. Go mm-hmm. join a group like San Diego County Gun Owners or Reform California or whatever. Get involved with the fight instead of armchair quarterbacking and, and complaining from mm-hmm. the side. Do something about it, damn it. So what is, so tell people what what is what is Reform California? Reform California evolved. Uh, it started out as a, a pack that I started, San Diego, uh, Reform San Diego mm-hmm. in 2003 mm-hmm. to basically uh, draw drop, you know, bombs on the politicians at City Hall when I was a reformer on the outside, a business owner to expose their corruption, expose the pension crisis and then try to get reform put on the ballot. Well, after years of doing that, I finally decided, well, hell, I just need to run myself. I never wanted to do it, but I decided to do it. I recruited other council members to run along with me. Um, and then- And you served on the city council from year- From 2008 to 2012. Okay. And when I joined it, we were on the losing end of a super minority, two, six. You know who my wingman was? Kevin Faulkner. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. So every once in a while, I'd, I'd, I'd get in the trench and found that he had given my gun to the opposition forces. But all right, it's all good. I'm, I'm supporting Kevin for his current race. But yep, um, we endorsed him. But look, by the time I left, we had a governing majority of five to three. And we moved S- the needle. Scott Sherman. Scott Sherman. Lori Zapp. Lori Zapp. Tony Young, a Democrat, was part of our coalition of common sense reform. And um, and that's when I ran for mayor. And mm-hmm. But for that Obama wave, we would have been able to save the city and change the city in a ways that it's so frustrating mm-hmm. to look back on it. But Reform California then evolved into Reform, I'm sorry, Reform San Diego then evolved into Reform California. I said, look, California needs the same thing we did early on in San Diego. They need a watchdog. They need an outside advocate group. Uh, there, there also needs to be a group that's going to kick the Republican Party in the rear end mm-hmm. when they're not doing what they need to do. And so Reform California is uh, focused on educating voters through media and communications and, and uh, watchdog work. So we have a lot of communications programs to give people the truth about what's going on in government, a, a, a sh- shine a light on what's going on. Number two, our goal is to recruit good candidates, better candidates for office. So we want to change who's leading our state at the at the state and local levels. Um, that means we train candidates. We just did a training class yesterday with you know some thirty candidates that we want to run for school board. If I can get you know ten to twelve of them to run, great. Um, third, we want to build the infrastructure of the campaigns by recruiting campaign managers, volunteers. Uh, because the Republican Party has lost its volunteer base in California. There are no activists. Um, and, you know, we want high school and college kids on those campuses to get involved. Um, and that's why we partner with San Diego County gun owners. I see you as infrastructure. You've got a core of volunteers. So if you're a more successful organization, you're going to have activists who we can, you know, reach out to during campaigns and get them deployed door to door. So fourth, we need to harvest ballots and connect with voters. And that means you have to talk to voters, get town halls going. I mean, I'll show up to the opening of an envelope to do any sort of education <laughs> on issues. And then fifth, raise the funding, the financial resource to do the first four things. Yeah. If you don't lay out the first four things, mm-hmm. nobody should give you a dime because what the hell are you going to do with the money? Mm-hmm. That's what the Republican Party does. They said, send us the money. We'll tell you what we're going to do later. Hells to the no. You all are a bunch of grifters. Uh, I'm not going to fund failure by giving money to Washington or Sacramento politicians. You got to keep it mission-based, focused on actual deliverables. Again, that's what I like about the gun owners. You all have a clear plan of what you're doing, how you're doing it, and you show the ROI. At Reform California, that's what we're trying to get in more and more um, uh, communities and more and more mission areas. So let's talk about ballot harvesting. That's it's it's this weird term that makes Republicans recoil. And so Republicans tend to, people on the right side of the spectrum tend to, you know, it's not if you win or lose, it's how you play the game. Whereas on the left side of the spectrum, it's more of a... By uh, hook or crook, let's win. Yeah, mm-hmm. or, or what's the other... <laughs> by uh, the, the means... Uh, ends just justify the, the means. Ends yes. justify the means. And I, I, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of an interesting clash, but this ballot harvesting is a perfect example where some, for some reason, people on the right side of the spectrum have, have been turned off by the idea of ballot harvesting. Oh, well, that's, that's morally horrible and it's illegal and blah, 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 blah. Talk about ballot harvesting and why we need to, we need to do it. <laughs> we need to yeah. embrace it, not criticize it. So I don't like ballot harvesting. I don't think we should have ballot harvesting, but guess what? It's the law. What is ballot harvesting? So ballot harvesting is where, um, it, it, let me, can I back up sure. to 
ballot harvesting is part of a larger plan by the Democrats and the leftists to mm -hmm. steal elections. There's no doubt about it. The media doesn't want to acknowledge mm -hmm. it, but we've got the receipts. Right. Um, the first thing they do is they want the voter rolls to be completely out of date and inaccurate. They want everyone to be on the board mm -hmm. voter rolls. That potted plant over there in the corner of the studio, it's on the voter roll right now. Illegal immigrants are on the voter rolls. So the step one in voter fraud is allowing people to have uh, access to the voter rolls. And so when people move out of the state of California, we're not maintaining those voter rolls. Uh, when they move out, we don't take them off the list. Um, now, what's the next step? Once you get the voter rolls completely out of date, mail everyone on that list a ballot because what they want to do is create orphan ballots. Mm -hmm. Okay, so They want a lot of ballots that have no owner Home. floating around. And one out of 10, 9.6% of California homes got an orphan ballot in the last election for someone who no longer lives there or never lived there. And they're like, who the hell is this? So then you mail out all these ballots. They say it's because of COVID. So, you know, we're still doing it. Third, you then legalize ballot harvesting. So now you've got the Hoover vacuum machine that you create to suck up all the orphan ballots. Fourth, you don't allow proper signature checks on all of the ballots. You just accept any ballot that comes in with chicken scratch on it. That is the way in which voter fraud happens. Do we know how much? No, but we have documented that it's actually happening. And there's a full report on this at electionintegrityca.org. You can go to that website. That's at thetransparencyfoundation.org is the other website you can go to to get to that report. So we know voter fraud's happening. What Republicans say is, ah, well, I'm not going to vote. Well, hold on a second. I think the voter fraud is about 2% or 3% of some of these close races, which means that in order to win, we have to win by 2 or 3% plus one vote. Mm -hmm. It means that it's not a fair fight, but it's a fight we still have to wage, right? Yeah. The media doesn't make it fair. They don't cover us properly. The, the special interests don't make it fair. They give all the dark money to the Democrats. But we don't say, oh, my God, I can't win. We are winning because we have the right set of issues. We are right about the problems in California. So I tell Republicans, get over yourselves. Get in the game. Yes, it's not a fair fight, but mama didn't promise you a fair fight. It's going to be bloody. It's going to be hard. But that is the fight we have to wage to win and to make our state better. So when I talk about ballot harvesting, what I talk about is – I need to harvest the ballot of a voter who doesn't give a crap. And so I've got to go to their door, knock on it, and explain to them why this is so important, why they should give a damn, and could you give me your ballot? Now, most smart conservatives or moderates are not going to give their ballot up. But when you knock on the door, you are harvesting because if they kind of feel like, oh, maybe they, I can make a difference, when they eventually return the ballot, you haven't taken their ballot into your custody but you've harvested a ballot because you've inspired someone to vote. Which, is, so our, which is a smart, ethical, yes. and honest way to ballot harvest. Now, if someone mm -hmm. wants to give you their ballot, then do the ethical thing and say, sure, I'll I'll take it because state law allows me to do it, and I will dutifully return it to the registrar of voters. I'll make sure it gets there. So we can still do that. But ballot harvesting also means we have to watch the other side and make sure they're not doing fraud. So I don't – good ballot harvesting is turning out our vote – while making sure that they're not turning out illegal votes. So mm -hmm. we have a whole strategy on that as well. So right now at Reform California in the San Diego area, if you go to reformcalifornia.org and click under events, we've got about 25 ballot harvesting events coming up in February for the March primary. We call it barbecue, beer, and ballots. Okay, barbecue, beer, and ballots. It's, it's, it's our form of ballot harvesting because we're making voting fun, simple, and safe. And, you know, if you give people barbecue and beer, it's like, oh, yeah, right. sure. What time do I show <laughs> up? It comes with food. But the ballot. We're a big fan of food on this radio show. We, we are. are. 
Uh, the, the voter guide we give people is also something that's of interest to them mm -hmm. because it makes voting simple because we give them the plain English translation on all the ballot titles of the ballot measures and we endorse candidates. So that's our form of ballot harvesting, yeah, and I mean, we're going to need help to implement the program. And the other reason it's extremely honest and ethical is when they when they show up, you don't t you just say, "Hey, here's what we recommend." Yeah. They can yeah. vote co the complete opposite. Yeah, so I, I, I went then, and did this with my kids a few years back. Oh, nice! I brought my boys. Wait a minute, barbecue your kids aren't beer. old enough to vote. What well, are you no. They tagged along. They were helpers. <laughs> barbecue and beer. Well, no, they just did the barbecue. Wait, they're not old enough for beer either. <laughs> what are you doing over there, Alicia? We got anyway. lemonade and soda. Oh yeah. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, Riverside, San Bernardino. Even with the Bruin case, the gun grabbers are getting even more desperate let's face it all these laws disarm only the people that would use a gun to defend themselves fight back and do something to defend your second amendment rights join inland empire gun owners right now we're going we're growing the 2a community and are getting more pro 2a officials elected membership is only ten dollars a month and joining is easy just go to iegunowners.com slash join so we're here talking to Carl DeMaio, and we were just talking about uh, voting and ballot harvesting. You know, Carl, you remember last election, Dustin Trotter won by four votes, mm -hmm. and, and at the exact same time, the Democrats were yelling about uh, Trump wanting a, a recount and how that was anti-democracy -democ and how yep. horrible he was. They demanded a recount in Santee in Dustin's district, yep. and uh, which was totally hypocritical. It's so, totally ridiculous. But I was one of the guys who stood there – and looked and watched them recount. And what they would do is they'd hold up the ballot so I could see it, so that the counter could see it, and then the two people would agree, oh, this, you know, they voted for Dustin or they didn't vote for Dustin. I figure over the course of about two days, I saw somewhere around 1,400 ballots. Mm -hmm. Now, I just saw them for a, a second or two, and I couldn't tell, like, the names. I don't know who was voting, you know. In fact, I don't know, there isn't a name on There's a ballot. There's no name. Yeah. No, the ballot has no name on it. Mm -hmm. So all I could, I can see how they were registered anything all i could see was how they voted it was enormously educational and i i've already like i don't really like liberal conservative i don't even like republican democrat watching how people vote how total strangers seeing how 1400 people in santee in one basically neighborhood you know a quarter of the of the city seeing how they vote was extremely educational they were voting for candidates that were completely and totally opposed to each other, you know, philosophically. I mean, they'd vote for, you know, someone who's way far left uh, for this seat and someone who's way far right for this seat. You know, a lot of people would vote, you know, straight down party lines, but there were so many that were all over the place. And I thought that was enormously interesting. There's probably a dozen different reasons for that. But I wish everyone could see that and, under, you know, kind of have the same experience and just drop the labels, drop the sides, drop the assumptions, you know what I mean? And just kind of reach out to people with principles rather than labels. I, I think that you're seeing that ticket splitting because they don't know who yeah. those lower ticket candidates are. Sure. Mm -hmm. And that's where our voter guide comes in at Reform California. And I think the San Diego County Gun Owners Voter Guide does this as well. 
is that voters want to know more about their school board candidates and their water board candidates and their city council candidates. They already know about Trump and Biden, okay? Mm -hmm. They know, and they know when there's a party label, kind of they follow the party label in most cases. Um, but they don't know on the local level, which again, when people say, well, I can't do anything to, you know, my vote doesn't count. Well, you can certainly elect conservatives to the school board and to the city council and to the county board because there are no party labels there and your vote absolutely counts there. Sure, on the presidential level, you probably are not going to see a red California anytime soon. But on those local races, you are absolutely going to have an impact. And to your point, yeah. four votes shifting in one direction would have given a liberal the seat in Santee. And you know that that's well, where it starts. They get one seat and then it spreads. Yeah. Well, I think that's what it, so I would see them vote for someone who is maybe very far right for for higher office. For federal office. Yep. And then I'd see, well, wait a minute, they voted for this other person for city council. They probably were on a softball team or in church with that person. Or just you know saw I mean? the ballot title and said, oh. Or just saw the ballot know, title. Or, or just he's, saw business he's, owner versus Yeah, he's a, he's a teacher. I like right. the teacher. Or, yeah. oh, he's a firefighter. I like firefighters. Well, he's mm -hmm. actually put How up by- How bad could a firefighter he's, be? He's put up by the union, okay? Uh, you know, so we've got we to get people beyond just those- um, ballot titles and get them into here's where people stand on the issues that matter to you. Yep. That's and important. that's where our voter guides come in to educate voters. And we let, again, as you said in the previous segment, we let people decide. We're no, we never mm -hmm. do any peer pressure. We say, hey, we're here to walk through the voter guide. We give recommendations, but I, we're here to answer questions. And you all have a good night. I think you that's know, why a lot of people it. respect you is they, they know that you are out there to get the truth. And you're out there to, to feed the people. And, you know, a lot of people, to, to your point that you were saying earlier, people moving and just giving up, not knowing what to do or how to fight. I think it's why a lot of people respect you because they know and they trust that you understand the system. Because there's a lot of people that want to fight, but they don't know what to do. Right. They don't know where to go. And so they do need someone to kind of help show the way to kind of give some instruction as to, well, you want to fight? Here's how you do it. When, when, when I see people on the freeway with those signs, waving signs, sign waving, I say, oh, please stop doing that. Just stop. That's it's, it's not going to help. Helpful. Or or when they say I'm going to walk every door on my street. No, please don't. And and they say, well, why why not sign waving? Why not walking every door? And I say, well, first, elections are about turnout. I don't want the other side to know that there's an election. When they see you waving a sign, they know. Oh, there's an election. There's that ballot at, at home. I better go return it. And and second of all, when you walk every door, you know, a third of the doors are, you know, conservatives, and they're you know, mm -hmm. you're going to have their vote. You're wasting your time there. Um, a third of the doors are liberals, and if you get an Antifa member, you might be killed. Um, and so you got to ignore them. But where I want you to do is instead of walking 10 doors, I want you to knock on just three doors, but knock on it three times. Knock on those doors three times. It's the same amount of work. Okay, You're knocking nine doors versus 10, but you're knocking three times on three doors, and you're going back repeatedly because that's where the margin is. Right. is going to be found. Well, and and that's what we try to do is we educate people on work smarter, not harder, or actually do both. Work smarter and harder to move our state forward. And that's the, the education part is really, that's that's my biggest point there. The education part with voter guides and mm -hmm. vetting and that sort of thing, that's that's the American way. You know, I don't, I particularly don't like 
like uh, term limits. I don't like uh, you know that's not they're it's a, they're trying to they're going after a symptom. I think the cure is education. Like you got to be able to you know hey I, my school board member doesn't align with my philosophy, doesn't align with my politics. That's the cure. Yeah. And I think this one. Okay, so t- talk about I I, I want to talk about how did you how did, so you were you were you know. Started a business that had to do with with uh, politics. You no, no. And- I started a business that had to deal with um, organizational change and performance management and reforming nonprofit and government programs because Darwin exists in the private sector. If you are a a lousy manager, if you have a lousy product. Darwin solves that problem for you because you go out of business. And I love the free market for that because mm-hmm. it doesn't suffer incompetence and insanity very long. But it seems like incompetence and insanity comes in every variety in government in the nonprofit it world. Gets, it gets tenure. Because there is no bottom line. So what Performance Institute, the company I started in 1999, mm-hmm. uh, it does, did when I owned it and still exists today after I sold it, uh, it looks at how to measure the intangible of public policy programs, nonprofit programs, how to have transparency, how to uh, hold people accountable. And I spun off a second company working in the private sector because the people in the private sector said, wow, you're doing such a good job with finding out how to measure employees' performance and uh, incentivize it and and track results. So I sold both companies in 2008 and uh, did quite well. I was blessed. And was a and, and today I, I don't need a job. I, I'm able to do this advocacy work and not worry about a paycheck. And but you you, you ran for office and won. Yes. And then how to talk about how and then lost a couple times. And lost a couple times. <laughs> which by the way, we could do a whole hour on on oh, on, on a couple of those races. Yeah. I mean, it was really fascinating. I don't think we want to bring that one up. Again. But how, uh, it was actually fascinating. I got to tell you. But talk about how did you end up on the radio? It, it, what, well, what happened? Well, well, the losses are a testament to when you when you piss off both the Republican establishment and the media establishment and the Democrat establishment, yeah. um, they will come for you. And I, that's fine. I, well, I earned it, and I, I'm proud of the fact that you know we, we, we always spoke truth to power. But but um, how did I get on the radio? Roger Hedgecock sat me down for lunch and said, I'm giving up my show. You should, you should take it up. I'm like, I don't think I can talk for three hours a day, five days a week, 52 <laughs> weeks a year. <laughs> and he said, you're a politician. Of course you can. And I remember um, you know, when, I, when I did the show early on, um, for the first maybe week and a half, two weeks, I did a lot of prep and I had another, you know, get together with Roger. He's like, how's it going? I said, well, you know, got all this stuff and, you know, I'm only using like, you know, 25% of it. He's like, stop prepping. Just have, <laughs> just have a couple of stories in, in your pocket and then, you know, go on air. Speak from your and, heart. And he's, he's obviously right about that. And so, um, it, it, I loved I loved doing the show. We still do a show every day, and it, it's uh, released every day at five o'clock on the iHeartRadio app under Reform California, and it's also on YouTube under my my handle at Carl DeMaio CA, or you can get to it through the Reform. Well, it's California a podcast, website. right? Yeah, it, yeah, it's Reform California. It's basically my three hour show. But I condense it down to twenty five minutes. Well, what was the but when you when you started the radio show because the radio show turned enormously popular and very we were number one. very effective. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So was it was was the thought like all right, well, I'll go try radio and see what happens, or was it yeah, I'm going to use this as a tool to accomplish uh, some of the, some some longer term goals. I am so grateful that people tuned in, continue to tune in because I sat there and said, I don't think I'm good at this. I mean, people would say, oh, you're you know, you're a broadcaster. No, I don't think I'm good at this. I, I just kind of do it, and I hope people kind of like it. But I, I, when I did the show, and we're still doing this, I said I don't want to do outrage radio. 
sure, I'm going to give you outrageous stories. Uh, you know, we never spent a lot of time on the good news. It was mainly on the bad news. Let me tell you what they did today at City Hall. Or you know, here's the insanity in Sacramento. But I didn't want to do just outrage radio because that just gets the blood pressure up. I want to empower my listeners. I want to tell them how they can make a difference. So we linked up the radio show, which is informative, with Reform California, which is activism. Mm. And just like you do here on on, on, on on your show here, you give people updates, mm -hmm. but they have the ability to then connect with San Diego County gun owners right. to make a difference to move the needle. That is what we need more of. Yeah. I, I would love to clone you guys in every region of the state. I'd love to clone what we have at Reform California in every region of the state. Mm. When we do that, we start creating the movement to take back our state as right. a whole. Well, the best radio segment I've ever heard was years ago. I think I'm going to I think I'm going to talk about it. We after the break, I know which one talk you're about. talking about. You already about. know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I mean They never came back on the show well, ever again. I don't want, let's let's talk about it right after that, but it was I mean it was the best any radio I've ever heard. This was the best segment. I just happened to be listening live and when it happened, I thought, oh my God, I just saw that. It was such a classic, beautiful piece. You were inspired. Well, let's talk about it. And you so, became the best of friends with him right after that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's another thing. I don't quite remember when we met, but I, I think I do. I want to bring it up and see if, if see if it's... You but anyway, let's remember he's a politician. Well, <laughs> it was kind of funny. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio FM 
to the general public go on sale tomorrow. Today, until midnight, is your last chance to take advantage of the early bird special, and that's just for Orange County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners, and San Diego County gun owners members. There's going to be a bonanza of attractions, gun show, including guns, ammo, and accessories, a gun owner's symposium, including all kinds of cool speakers, and then we're going to have Second Amendment movie night. Contractually, we can't say the name of the movie, but I'll give you a hint, Wolverines. We're also going to have a beer garden, uh, in-person classes, a BB gun range to teach the youth, and we need a sponsor for that too. So if you're interested in sponsoring us so that we can host a BB gun range to teach our youth gun safety, please let us know. We're also going to have a blood drive to give back to the community and training deal table. We're going to have a mini car show of some cool hot rods, a very kind of small but very cool gun uh, car show. And then we're going to have a networking lounge where you can meet other like-minded folk. Oh, and a virtual firearm simulator, which will be very, very cool. We talked about that last week when Phil was in from Shore Shot up in Oceanside. Classes are offered as an add-on to the general show admission tickets. You must purchase gun show tickets to attend the class. Get the latest updates on the gun show at gunownersradio.com slash gun hyphen show. That is gunownersradio.com slash gun hyphen show. Join us. This is a very easy way for you to A, have fun, and B, support the community. Uh, this is hopefully going to be one of three every year that we're going to have, and uh, so help us make it great. If the first one doesn't work, then the rest can't happen. So uh, do everything you can to come on down and have fun with us. Less than $20. It's it's It's... $20 or less, I should say, gets you parking and admission to the symposium slash gun show. Uh, so come on down. Uh, I got to tell you, that's a that's a pretty inexpensive day here in San Diego. I mean, shoot, man, that's like a, a $5 foot long. It's like $20 <laughs> these days. So, so come on down and enjoy us. Carl, thank you so much for joining us. So I, I, I want to talk about my – I swear it's the best segment I've ever heard in radio, and it's my favorite segment I've ever heard in radio. I was listening, and you had on, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was the Southern, Southern Poverty, Poverty Law Center. This Southern this Poverty Law Center. How would you chill just- this, this, this phony group, this uh, um, uh, front organization yeah. to smear and attack anyone who's conservative? Okay, so the, but what do, they, what do they actually do to do that? They, they come up with like statistics. So, they, so they, basically uh, what the left does, yeah. and they're, 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 they just have this whole like model for this. They set up these left-wing uh, advocacy groups, interest groups, who pretend to be like nonpartisan, neutral arbiters of the truth. Right. And they say, you know, we're the Southern Poverty Law Center. We identify hate, racism, right. and extremism in society, and we put people on a list who are haters, extremists, and racists. And then the media – the liberal media right. cites them as though they're some yeah, like neutral like legit. arbiter. Yeah. yeah, you know the nonpartisan Southern Poverty Law Center says Michael Schwartz is a hate mongering uh, extremist. Right. They and, haven't, by the way. Yeah. Well, no, but they will. <laughs> get, they, they'll get to you. Um, and so, Southern Poverty Law Center is a left wing front group that's designed to smear anyone on the center right who's making a difference. And so, the media cites them. And uh, what the Southern Poverty Law Center has done is they, they create phony research papers and they, they basically publish them to create this, this nonsense that somehow the world is getting worse on hate and extremism and that, um, uh, that they have somehow a database or a data-driven 
um, uh, research capacity that to prove that point, and they never do. And they never do. So too many, and too many people, especially in the media, consider that they're kind of they're the ones who get to decide who is and isn't racist yeah. in the country. Yeah. So you had them on, and you were like, "Hey, all right." So talk they never about- did their research ahead of time, but they, yeah. they certainly have me clocked now. <laughs> yeah, you had this guy on, and you were you were leading him down a path, and you were very respectful and professional. And you're like, "All right, well, talk about like what is considered a hate group, yeah. you know?" And he gave his criteria and said, "Well, they have to, you know, have kind of a, you know conspiracy." and the government's out to get them. Yes. And, it, and, and, these, and, and, and that they distrust government distrust and government. that government is hurting people and right. therefore government needs fundamental overhaul and, and change. And so you were like, oh, okay, great. Those are your criteria yeah, for gotcha. an extremist group. Okay, gotcha. So An anti-government extremist group. Right. Mm-hmm. And you said, all right, well, kind of like, that, that, that sounds like you're describing BLM, Black Lives Matter. And I said, are they on your list? Yeah. And they, and he said, well, no. He they're, fell they're apart. They're not because they're, they're, they're from the left. I mean, yeah. they're, they're a left group, but they're not, they're not a group on the, the right. Definition. I said, hold on a second. So you're saying the only extremism that exists in, a, in this country are groups that are right-leaning. And he's like, yes, that, yeah. of course. And I'm like, yeah, I, I, just, I just slaughtered him. Nobody prepared not, this he guy. He could not yeah. defend the notion. Nope. That um, uh, Black Lives Matter fit his definition, but was not listed on his database of, of of hate groups or extremist groups. These people are frauds. And you know what? A year later, they got sued by some guy from the UK who they labeled as an extremist, who was uh, Muslim. Actually, they said he was Islamophobic, and the guy himself was Muslim. <laughs> they had to pay a ten million dollar libel settlement to this guy and apologize. Uh, and so uh, they're, they're funded by billionaires like George Soros, and so they're never going to run out of money to, yeah, to spread they're, misinformation. They're ridiculous, but it was be- you beautifully, like, Socratically led him down this path. He dug his own grave and then jumped right in it. And I mean, I couldn't believe. I mean, I, they have to be like a five hundred one of some kind. They have to be some kind of oh sure. So I can't believe that they weren't immediately investigated and no, and, they're and never fine. No. no, because no, 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 you no. basically he admitted that they were completely and totally partisan. That they were well, they're, they're, not unbiased in any way. It's it's not just the partisanship because look, I, I think none of these groups are nonpartisan. I'd like to know what the philosophy of a group is because then at least I know where they're coming from. Right. And that's fine. No. It's not just that they're partisan. The bigger problem is that they're liars. Right. They're liars. They are shams. There is right. no data. There is no evidence. And what I really get upset about is I believe, as a gay man, I believe that America is closest to Martin Luther King's vision than ever before. We are post-racial. We are post-orientation. Uh, you know, uh, we don't care whose religion you are. Americans are so amazing. They are so like tranquil. There are there some bad apples. Sure, they're called Democrats. Um, but 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 really, really, we are a great nation. But people on the left want to pretend like somehow we are awful and there's a cancer and a toxicity and Americans should be ashamed and we should lash ourselves. No, I'm proud to be an American. I'm proud of what America stands for in this world. The greatest force for the betterment of mankind that history has ever seen. And I, 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 I just cannot stand it when the left tries to tear us down. Well, it was great radio. You absolutely destroyed him and I think exposed the Southern, Southern Poverty Law Center. I can't believe that guy should have been fired. They should have, you know, come up with some statement saying we, 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 we don't agree with this guy. He's fired. But anyway, I thought it was great radio. Is that where you I, got mic drop? <laughs> no. No, I just got it because. Have you ever heard his mic drops? No. Oh, my Lord. We usually have to take it.
Well, you heard, you heard my hammerling. <laughs> that was a mic drop. <laughs> you heard me talk about hammerling, and yes, then indeed. Nathan Fletcher got a few. Oh, yeah. His. So this, this Carl segment, though, I need to hear it. So is it somewhere that I can find it? I, I'm there? sure it's on the iHeartRadio app somewhere. Let me All see right. if I can find Way it. We, we should post it. I'll post yeah. it, because it really was some of the best. Some of the, It was the best radio segment I've ever heard. It was absolutely brilliant. I didn't know where you were going. You know, until you got there. We never there, know where you're was, going either. Well, when you're doing a mic, when he does, a, you, I swear to God, when he's doing a mic drop, <laughs> you know, you just cruise right along, everything is hard. And next thing you know, the semi comes out and runs right <laughs> do over. Do you know the what guy. we called those interviews when they would come up? Because they're very rare. Because most people do the research and they don't even agree to the interview. I call them my cat toy <laughs> interviews. Okay, I like that. I've got a cat drop. toy today. Okay. I've got. I think we have a cat toy today. That and, and, and it's so it's, it's so much fun. All right, let's take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, folks, not me is for women by women and is designed to help women with training, purchasing a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's totally free. Hey, and if you're a woman, or you know a woman who needs help, have her sign up, and we will give her the help she needs. To sign up, go to notmesd.org. And those two ladies who just walked in here, they listen to us every Sunday. Oh, fantastic. So I gave her one of the Not Me cards that I carry. Yeah. He says, I never hear you guys talk about this. You know, I gave a talk at a at a at a North County Republican uh, uh, group um, this this week. I forget what day, and I'm uh, hanging out afterwards, kind of checking emails and stuff before I leave. And the waitress comes up and starts talking to me. She's like, "Hey, I heard about this this program, and I gosh, I got to tell you, I live, I got a roommate, but I pretty much live alone." Blah blah blah, and boom, like everywhere I go, like the waitress at the at the at the you know where I was giving this speech was really interested. I'm I'm very 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 proud. Of not me, the, the program and everything that we've done with it. I got to tell you, how many you got in your pocket? I'm as equally as proud of uh, not me as I am uh, San Diego County gun owners. I, it's it's something that really I'm very very proud of. But that's not what we're here to talk about yeah. today. <laughs> here we're talking about we've talked to Carl DeMaio about uh, what a uh, little bit about his past, you know, growing up. Uh, we've talked about uh, you know uh, what, what you've done in office, uh, what you've done as an activist, what you've done as a community leader, uh, what you've done on on the radio. But really, we want to talk about a huge announcement that you that you made fairly recently. Why don't you Why don't you announce? Yeah, it's why I don't do the show uh, from three to six every day on on Kogo since uh, the first uh, week of December. Uh, when Kevin McCarthy fell from the speakership mm-hmm. and decided that he wasn't going to run for reelection. It created a vacuum in California politics. People don't know that not only was he speaker, but he was the chief, you know, top Republican in California, and he controlled the California Republican Party. And a number of people started calling me in October saying, look, we're going to need a new leader in this state, and this is an opportunity uh, as well as a danger. Why not take a another stab at being in, in elective office uh, so you have that platform in addition to Reform California, in addition to what you do with your daily show um, and my appearances on Fox and the other media networks. And I had to think about it because, you know, I didn't have running for office on my bingo card. But I finally decided I was so sick and tired of seeing Republican elected officials, spineless, incompetent Republican elected officials, the few that we have left in California, 
cower and hide from the fights that we need them to wage. And so I decided I will run if I can get others to join me in joining a uh, Reform California Caucus in Sacramento in the state legislature, in the state Senate and state assembly. You've heard about the Freedom Caucus in mm -hmm. Washington. Mm -hmm. What we're doing is something uh, similar but different. It's going to be the Reform California Caucus, and our focus is going to be flipping enough seats to actually break the supermajority and offering a voice of opposition and try to get people to stay in California rather than fight than, than, than flee. We want them to fight. So I'm running for the 75th district, which is East County and North County. Uh, it includes the community all the way at the border, all the way up the 15 freeway, Lakeside, Alpine, uh, Santee, Poway, Scripps Ranch, all the way up to Valley Center and uh, Ramona, uh, Julian, Borrego Springs, uh, Fallbrook and Bonsall. Uh, it's the California Assembly District, District 75. 75. It's currently represented by Marie Waldron. She's leaving office because of term limits. Um, I decided this three days before filing, which means I just decided at the very end to file. Um, now, the polling shows that I'm the front runner, uh, sort of like I got the Donald Trump status at you know 46%. There's two other Republicans in the race that are in single digits, low single digits. Uh, there's some Democrats running. But my enemies are the Republican establishment, the political consultants who've run our state into the ground in terms of the, uh, the voice of opposition, and the Democrats, the labor unions, uh, the, the gun grabbers are all organizing uh, what they call an independent expenditure campaign against me, which mm -hmm. is, it's dark money. It's a dark mm -hmm. money campaign um, where they're laundering money so that you know these special interests fingerprints can't be – it'll probably be a plus a million dollars spent against me between now and March 5th. Wow. And A million dollars. A million dollars. And they're that's not a race you normally see that kind no, of money spent. No, no. But – but they know what's ha happening here. Yeah. Democrats never pay attention to Republican seats because there's not enough of them. And it's like, whatever, you guys are irrelevant. But they're sure, sure paying attention here. They want to drag a Republican uh, in name only, a rhino, into the runoff with me because it'll do two things. They probably know that we're going to win the seat in the general election eventually. I want to win it in the primary, but probably in the general. Um, but what they're doing is they want to bleed me of resources on this seat so that I can't go around the state in November and start flipping seats early because I'm running out of time. I need to show Californians don't flee. There's a little bit of hope coming mm -hmm. out of the ground. There's a little green sprout that's coming out. And I need to do this as quick as possible if we're going to have a shot of turning the state around. So their strategy is on one level, common sense. On another level, it's just anger. They hate me. They hate me so much. One of uh, the uh, uh, contacts I have up in, in Sacramento said he was at a, a, a cocktail party. Of course, all these insiders go to these cocktail parties. It's a uniparty, by the way. Democrats and Republicans in office are basically indistinguishable in terms of uh, how useful they are. Um, but they were at a cocktail party, and one of the labor bosses said, Carl DeMaio is an existential threat. <laughs> I saw what he did in San Diego. I know it may seem improbable now for Republicans to start moving the needle up here, but if anyone's going to do it, it's DeMaio, and that's why we can't have that. And and, and so they're being very clear as to yeah. why they're attacking me, and I, I wear it as a badge of honor. Bring it on. I want them to bring it on. I'm not going to give up the fight. I don't care what threats they throw my way, what what intimidation, what pain, what what smears. I'm going to fight because these people are corrupt. 
These people are bad people. They've done injury to our state, and it's about time that they start getting a voice of opposition pushing back on them. So you know, it's interesting. I was having lunch with somebody who's who's very intelligent. What has been very plugged into the political scene with very influential political groups. This isn't. He's not a. You know, he's not someone who. He's not a wallflower. Um, but you know, he's been more engaged with his own personal business for a few years. So we were having lunch, I don't know, you know, a few weeks ago. And he said, uh, he said, he brought up the fact that you, you, you were running and it was, it was funny. He said, yeah, um, his attitude was basically, man, Republicans must be thrilled that, that, that Carl's getting back in the race. Like (laughs) what, what a huge opportunity for voters are, you know what I mean? But not the consultants, not the insiders. Well, so I told him, I said, you'd be surprised. I said, actually there's some, some Republican leadership that are very unhappy about this. And he was shocked. Now, talk about talk about that. Why? What's the deal? Because you know what, I, I I consider it like having a member of your family who's just totally going down the the, the drain. Mm-hmm. You love this person, right? You love them. You want the best for them, but you have to sometimes smack them around and be like, look. Pull your head out of your ass. Mm-hmm. Let, let let's let's get let's get you you know organized. So, you know, get in that room, do your homework, clean up your room. You know, stop abusing the the, the drugs. You, you're blunt with them, and you know what? When you're blunt with them, they they get real upset. They mm-hmm. get real. They get their feelings hurt. I'm not trying to be mean. I'm not trying to uh, hurt their feelings, but I am trying to tell Republican elected officials, you better fight because you, we are the only ones left to save this state. And what, what, what angers me is they say, well, if I, if I speak up, then the Democrats will take me off my committee yeah. or they, they, they won't pass my bill. If Democrats are passing your bill, I'm worried what's in that bill. And if they take it off the committee, wear it as a badge of honor. You're not going to get anything done through that committee. What Republicans have left, uh, what they, they, they don't realize, the elected officials, is that their number one job, first and foremost, the starting point for recovery is to give voice to the voiceless. Currently... 45%, 40% of Californians uh, are voiceless because no one in Sacramento is speaking up on the center right. It's all Democrat. It's all liberal. They don't hear any opposition whatsoever. So the first recovery item is that we're giving voice to voiceless. Second recovery item is that we actually become a functioning opposition party again. Mm-hmm. In other words, we have a volunteer program. We have a candidate recruitment program. We train people to run good campaigns. We we actually start doing endorsement guides. You know, the reason why the San Diego County Gun Owners Guide is so helpful and the Repub- and the, the Reform California Voter Guide is so helpful is that the Republican Party isn't putting out their own voter guide. In this primary, the latest news is that they're flat-ass broke and they're not able to put out a voter guide. Yeah, I noticed that. They, they, so they, I couldn't find it. They don't absurd. have a voter guide. It is abs- <laughs> and they're not going to mail it out. And so we're the ones putting out our voter guides. And so, betting. So we need to have a, a functioning party. So that's step two. So the step one is give voice to the voiceless, so speak up. Step two is have a functioning party. Step three is start taking them out of office. I'm not, I'm not promising anyone that we're going to break the super minority in this year. Or maybe even in the next cycle. I think we are going to do it in the next cycle, by the way. As the guy who led the breakage of the super minority in 2018 and took it away from the Democrats, I know a thing or two about how we can do this. I did it before. I think I can do it again. Um, but we are going to break that super minority, but the super majority status. But the first thing we have to do is some of them have to lose their job. Politicians don't care about your letter writing. They don't care about your phone calls or your emails. The only time they take note is when one of them loses their job. 
That's the clarifying moment. pop up. And they suddenly are like, oh, wow, so-and-so lost her race because of the mileage tax or so-and-so lost their race because of crime or defund the police. We have to have a consequence for bad extremist politicians. And right now, the Republican Party isn't providing that consequence. I think we can in short order. And yes, we are going to break the supermajority, and then we are going to capture a majority. It's going to take time, but it's not going to happen unless we make this change. So the Democrats know that I bring this, and some of the Republicans know as well. And they don't want to work. Their well, view is just holding them accountable. Let me let me survive and, and play nice with the Democrats, mm-hmm. and maybe I'll get a free pass on my next race. And yeah. I'm like, look, they're coming for you eventually, so you might as well stand up to them so and that, do what's right. So that third piece, if you're listening out there and you're at a meeting or you're talking to a Republican candidate, especially for state, and they're not talking about that third piece, which is getting more like-minded people elected, more people outside of their district, not just running for re-election, but they're going to Sacramento or going to City Hall in order to get other like-minded people elected. If they're not talking about that like Carl is, don't give them any money. Don't give them your vote. Walk out of the room. Not just talking about it, doing it. it, it A lot of them better. talk the talk. Very few walk the walk. All right. All right, folks. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96, AM 1170, The Answer. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170, The Answer. You know, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. The design is excellent, the photos are beautiful, and your website looks great. But it's not getting the customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customer to understand what you do and how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is easy. Visit SageTree.com and click on the Schedule an Appointment button. That's SageTree.com. And click on the schedule a call button. We're talking to Carl DeMaio, candidate for the Assembly and chairman of Reform California and uh, all-around great guy. And I I really, truly appreciate everything you've done for me, the way you've uh, uh, helped San Diego County gun owners and everything you've done for me. So much of what you've done is for me. I mean, if if ever I need you, you're a phone call away. You're a text away. Like no matter no matter what, and and I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate that. And you don't just you know, as you know, uh, if you start an organization, one of the first things that happens is everyone around you around you who has really done nothing in life knows exactly how you should be running your organization, and they tell well this is what you should be doing. You don't ever do that. You give me real tools, real solutions, and real help. And I, I, I truly can't tell you how much I appreciate that. So to see you running for office, I'm extremely happy. Selfishly, I think I was hoping that you were going to be on the radio forever because I oh, you were we so still supportive. have the show. We still have the show. That nope, everything's yep. going digital. Yes. Everything's going digital. Yep. And so I encourage people to check out Reform California, the podcast uh, on YouTube, iHeartRadio app, 
Pandora, Spotify, wherever you get your your, your podcasts. Um, because I'm going to continue doing that show from Sacramento. I'll be doing it inside the belly of the beast. Good. I'll tell you what they did at committee each day, what Perfect. they did on the floor. I'm lifting the veil. They're going to hate me. One of the reporters said, wait, you're you're going to do your show every day? <laughs> like you're, you're, you're committing to do a show every day from inside the Capitol building. That's not going to go over well. I'm like, Good. I'm hoping it doesn't go over well. <laughs> I'm hoping these people are uncomfortable because I'm supposed to go up there and be a big old spotlight on what's actually happening so that people know what's going on. The liberal media in California is not reporting what's going on. I figure I might as well do it from inside the belly of the beast. Oh, your Christmas that. card list is going to be small. You know? <laughs> well, he knows. I don't You're go. not going to get any Christmas cards. It's hilarious. People say, well, why don't I ever see you at any of the events? I'm like, what events are you talking about? Yeah, really. Well, this cocktail party and that cocktail a, no. I don't get the invites, or B, when I get invited, I'm not interested in no. going. If, you know, uh, it, if I'm out somewhere, it's for activism, it's for a town hall, it's it's on issues, it's with real people, yeah. not the lobbyists. And, and you don't have anybody that could come and test all your cocktails first. <laughs> you know, early on, I don't know, you're two or three or so, you had a fundraiser at your house. You yeah. opened up your home for San Diego County Gun Owners members. You invited people. It was oh for the SEC GO. Yes, 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 yes. Which was very, very generous and nice. You want to tell the story about what what I was gonna say. anti-gun groups <laughs> did? So, so what happened? <laughs> what happened? You had you have you live on the end of a nice long street, tons of parking. Uh, so everybody was parked, and then we all start leaving. And then what happens? So you know we do this event, and we. I think I mentioned it on the radio show, right? Come on yeah, over, sure. you know. Well, I don't. We 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 weren't shy about publicizing. Yeah, yeah. We, so, so it was well known that I was holding this event for for San Diego County gun owners, and we we finish up the event and people start leaving, and then someone comes back in and says, um, "All of our cars have you know been you know have stickers all over them, and yeah. Carl, I have some bad news. They spray painted your um, front um, driveway." And I don't remember what it said, like you know, NRA socks, blood, or like bloods that. on your yeah. hands, oh. gun, gun violence, blood on your hand, and and so, um, you know, it, people were all, you know, they rolled with the punches. They they went out and they they had to get these things off their cars. Some people had damage on the car. Well, what I did the very next day is we issued a press release. We said, come come down here, media. I want to see. I want you to see what these these extremists did. Good for you. Because they're bullies. And they're trying to exercise the intimidation right. tactics, the, the heckler's veto, and we're not going to be bullied. And this mm. is exactly why we need a Did the media of, come? Oh, they did. Oh, they they, they did. reported, yeah. Yeah, they, they reported it. And, and I sat there and I said, I said I, I'm not going to be deterred by this not nonsense. Um, when, when Occupy Wall Street um, ransacked uh, a small business, um, a hot dog cart down in front of City Hall, um, the Sotos, Lenny and Pete Soto, um, had their livelihood destroyed by Occupy Wall Street. I decided, well, I'm going to do a fundraiser and get their their hot dog cart fixed. And so we raised money. Occupy Wall Street was so upset that they tried crashing the fundraiser, which is at that Georgia Browns uh, restaurant at, at the City Hall Concourse. Yep. Um, and they showed up and they were trying to bully us. Mm. And I called the media and I was just like, this is, they say they're, they're against Wall Street, but they just destroyed these small business owners. So I, a lot of politicians don't want to rock the boat. I'm not going to let someone get bullied. I'm not going to let a group get intimidated without us pushing back and speaking out. The bad behavior must be exposed and held accountable. Well, you know what's funny? I don't think I, I don't know if I shared this with you or not, but you know, it kind of it, 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 the the story went on for a couple weeks. Yeah. On on the internet, you know, they covered it, and then you know, 
And cops were like, "Yeah, they they just San Diego PD just kind of I don't think they're big fans of yours <laughs> after the pension thing and everything." Yeah, they always say, "Well, he's trying to reform our yeah, pensions." So, yeah. but they didn't really. I don't know if they put. up By the way, big let me effort. let me correct the record there on that. Law enforcement, border patrol, firefighters, the the rank and file members listen to the show. They love me and 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 love what we're trying to do. Right. Uh, and and I appreciate their support and their intel. I get all sorts of tips from them. I, I appreciate <laughs> it. Keep keep the anonymous tips coming. It's the labor union bosses that don't appreciate sure. me because I'm exposing to the police officers. Do you know that your labor union bosses gave money to the people who who are backing BLM, and they're giving money to the people who just passed the use of force law to change the evaluation of officer use of force from reasonable, which is what the standard is in 49 out of 50 states. Now California has the only use of force review statute that says it has to be absolutely necessary, which means hindsight 2020. Mm. I'm sorry, but when you're in a situation and you're an officer, you have 2.2 seconds to make a decision, you don't know everything. What you do is you go based on your training and you do what is reasonable given the circumstances. So I expose that, and so the labor union people love to talk trash. And you know the members are sitting there. Well, saying, I love yeah, everything. And I didn't saying. mean it. But so what happened though was um, they didn't seem to be investigating online. Um, you know the, the story was that they spray painted. Yeah. You know something on your on your. We knew we knew your, who they were. Well, um, somebody online on Facebook, one of them said, "Oh, what's the big deal? He's complaining about nothing. Besides, it wasn't spray paint; it was spray chalk." And I, <laughs> I, I screen printed that and I said, okay, that's an admission of guilt. That's because no, how it. would they know how that? How would they know? How would they know that unless they did it? It was hilarious. I thought, oh man. So I sent it to SBT, S, SDPD. They didn't do anything. Of course not. But uh, uh, probably because they were told by the politicians don't do anything because this is a favored left wing group. I got to tell you though, not I, the cops' fault. Like I think it was like I think it was like two years in. I thought, okay, you know what? I think I'm sitting here. At Carl's house and, and talking about the story, Carl thinks enough about the story, which you know, Sandy kind of got on us to throw a fundraiser. His his donors and pe- people that he's introducing to are saying, "Yes, this is a good idea. Let me help you." And we're getting protested by anti-gunners. I'm like, okay, this was a good idea. You're doing we're doing right. San Diego County Gunners. We're in. You know, I, I'm not gonna. I don't need to update the resume. We're gonna continue uh, to do this and be successful. But so what? Uh, what do you? What do you? You've talked a little bit about it, but what is California? What is San Diego? What does your district look like? You know, when elected, what? What? You know what I mean? What's your? What's your vision for? Uh, how are people's lives going to be different? How are their opportunities going to be different? First and foremost, I'm going to do the job as an assembly member. I am a, I am astonished and appalled at the number of elected officials on both sides of the aisle that don't respond to calls when constituents ask them for help. So, what does that look like? How do you do that? How do you how, what do you how do you set up how do you set up a um, what, what do they call it uh, a district office? Yeah, I mean, yeah. no, not a district office. How do you what, what's the response called? I forget. Well, I I I, what, what are you I basically to do to say that our things? job is to be the uh, fix it yeah. group. For our constituents. And even if it's not my issue, if someone says, oh, I need help with my veterans benefits from the federal government, it's not technically a state issue, but I'm going to make sure my staff works that issue. I think the easy answer is you answer the phone. You answer the phone. And I have a standard of, you know, everyone needs to get a response within 24 hours that here's your answer or I don't have the answer for you yet, but I got your question. I understand your question and we're working on it. And so being responsive is important in government. Someone shouldn't have to figure out. I mean, one thing that really appalled me uh, recently, 
uh, a county supervisor, Joel Anderson. I know he's you know good on on the Second Amendment. I'm, I'm a fan. I love Joel. But Joel Anderson uh, voted along with the Democrats to create a six million dollar fund to hire navigators for illegal immigrants to navigate the system to get welfare and to get free legal services. Um, I'm sorry, but we don't have navigators for our veterans to right. get their benefits. And we don't right. have navigators except I'm, for uh, San Diego County Gun Owner, which is a private organization that does this because it believes in its mission. But when someone gets a runaround on their Second Amendment rights, you don't have a government navigator to make right. sure that you get the stuff. I'm surprised he You have the that. San Diego County Gun Owners. <laughs> but but I, I use it as an example, only as an example, because – my job is to be your navigator as your assembly member. And I don't care if it's your pothole that's a city issue right. or your kid got bullied at school and I need to deal with that. My job is to take care of your problems yeah. with government at any level. Well, Second thing is it, it leading is, the fight to take back the state. And it's for before we before yeah. we get off that, the, the big thing that gun owners need in that realm yep. is navigating Dross, the yeah. dealer record of sales. Yeah. Um, there are so many people try to buy a gun, try to buy ammo, and they can't because the database is wrong because California yeah. DOJ is screwing up or And whatever. they always say it's your fault, yeah. not their fault, but it's actually their fault because they didn't do the, the, the database properly. So if, if <laughs> you know, when elected, if your office can commit to that, and we actually – uh, there are people who are who, yep. who know what who know what to do. Um, uh, that would be enormous help to the gun community. Enormous help. My job is to get the smartest people on an issue in the room, and make sure that I give them the megaphone that I have. I, I, that is how I'm going to make a difference on those micro issues. But on the macro issues, my job is to be kind of the leader of opposition on. The cost of living in California, the surge in crime, the open border, the fact that our schools are failing. My job is to be the voice for the voiceless and hope that other elected officials on the Republican side, starting with them, follow the lead and do it in their areas as well. I want to create a Carl to my own every region. Isn't that scary? That's totally <laughs> One scary. of me is enough, right? Yeah, I know, but, but boy, I want, I want to mentor them. other activists in other parts of, of the state. Yeah, sounds, like a, sounds like a job, but you're up for it. What else you got to do? Sleep. There you go. A couple hours a night. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Okay. Welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, if you are a gun owner, and if you've ever need to use your gun to protect yourself or your loved ones, you need legal protection. Even if you do everything right, even if you're 100% justified, you should be prepared for the legal battle after your self-defense battle. We've seen it right here in San Diego, where an innocent man showed his firearm to dis courage uh, a violent attacker and had to spend thousands of dollars in legal fees to restore his freedom and rights. That's why you need firearms legal protection. When you join, you get uncapped legal protection to, for self-defense for civil or criminal cases with a 24-7 hotline. Joining is easy. Just go to firearmslegal.com and click on become a member. Use code GOR for a discount. Enjoy the peace of mind knowing that you are protected if you are ever involved in self-defense incident. Firearmslegal.com and use that discount code G-O-R. Okay, time for everybody's favorite segment, Stump My Nephew. We found out years ago that Sam, my nephew, is excellent when it comes to gun trivia. So every every week 
we read him a, a question. He does not get the question beforehand. And it's a question that's sent in by you, the listener. So if you have a question, uh, please email us. If we use it on the air, we'll give you a hat or a shirt. If you stump, my nephew will give you something something cool. In fact, I think what we're giving away is uh, a free session a couple hours at uh, Shore Shot up in Oceanside, thanks to, uh, thanks to Phil. So, okay, without further ado, Sam, you there? Yeah, how are you guys? Fantastic, man. How are you? Can't complain. Okay, good. Uh, Carl DeMaio, our guest here today, is he's going to read the question. Hey, Sam. How you doing? Good. All right. We got a, a question from Sean in La Quinta. He's asking, the Fairchild Aviation Corporation is known for producing the first U.S. aircraft with a fully enclosed cockpit and hydraulic landing gear. What else is the Fairchild Aviation Corporation known for? Hmm. All right. Thank you, Sean and La Quinta, for writing in. Um, and thank you, Carl, for reading the question. Um, it's a little bit open-ended, but I think I know what he's going for. Um, the This, by the way, I, before you even answer, this guy didn't know what he was up against. <laughs> like this, I, okay. this, this, uh, this question is right in your wheelhouse. I, I'm, I'm, I'm pumping you up here. Let's hope you get the right one. Okay, it, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I think I know what he's going for here. Um, I, I remember, um, I've, I've told you before that uh, just privately that I consider the Fairchild Airplane and Engine Company to be probably one of the unluckiest companies in, uh, in the history of the 20th century. Just the um, fact that you have a, an opinion like that shows that this guy asked the question. He's, he's, you're, not, you're not stumping him. Go ahead. Well, <laughs> it's, there's a reason for that. And, and part of the reason, really two reasons, but one of the reasons is because um, they shut down a little division of theirs that was operating in um, down in your neck of the woods in California. Um, just to, to save costs, they figured, you know, this, this, division we have doing some experimental work with lightweight uh, materials is is really not worth the money we're putting into it. So we'll shut it down and, and auction off all its assets at fire sale, basically. That was Armalite. Oh, there you time. go. That was the answer. <laughs> Armalite. Now, what is Armalite famous for? Um, well, at the time, they were working on the AR-10 and AR-15 um, and so Armalite, uh, Fairchild divested itself from Armalite, broke it up and, and again, sold off its, its intellectual property rights. Um, Colt snapped up the patents to uh, the patents that were relevant for the AR-15 and um, promptly began marketing it to the U.S. government and to foreign governments. And the rest, as they say, is history. The Fairchild Aviation Corporation spawned the Fairchild Engine and Airplane Corporation, which was a subcontractor to Boeing and built fuselage sections for B-52s. McDonnell Douglas F-4 Phantom Tail sections, Grumman F-14 Tomcat Tails, and Space Shuttle Orbiter Stabilizers uh, were were part of what they built. Fairchild Engine and Airplane Corporation also founded a subsidiary called Armalite, which is best known as the originator of the AR-10 and AR-15 rifle platforms or patterns is probably a more accurate way of putting it. Um, awesome job. The uh, You know, it, it, it was uh, very interesting because for those who don't know, um, Sam comes from a long line of, of, uh, of pilots. He is, an, he is an absolute expert pilot himself. Um, he's been flying since, I don't know, for like what? How, how old were you when you started flying? Uh, I would say about eight. 
about eight. And uh, of course, everybody knows him as a uh, as a firearms guy. So this question was right in his wheelhouse. There was no way he was gonna he was gonna miss on this one. Uh, so you know what you know what show we were talking about feeling old. Do you remember, Carl? Do you remember? Do you guys remember the movie back in the early '80s with uh, with Martin Sheen, and they were on the USS Nimitz, and they went back in time right before was that Pearl Harbor? What was that? I remember it was called uh, the Final Countdown. Yes, yeah, I, remember I remember that? watching yep. that. Yes. So I'm on YouTube the other night, and I'm watching a clip and uh, from the movie. Uh, you know, it was on the scroll or whatever. And I was like, oh, hey, I haven't seen that in a while, so I'm watching it. And it was F-14s from the Midway fighting against some Zeros, some Japanese Zeros, right before Pearl Harbor. That was the, the premise of the movie, right? And the big thing was showing how, how, how much more advanced an F-14 is than these old Zeros, right? Yeah. It occurred to me that an F-14 now is as old. As that movie. As those Zeros were yeah. back when that movie was made. <clears throat> yeah. And I'm like, oh, that hurts. <laughs> that hurts so bad. So anyway... Um, awesome job, Sam. Very, very good job. Uh, fantastic. As always, knocked it out of the park. You, unfortunately, uh, uh, what's his name from Steve, Steve from La Quinta, mm-hmm. you, you're going to get a hat or a shirt, but you're not going to get the, the cool, uh, special prize, but thank you so much for writing in. Uh, do you have a, a blog you want to, you want to, you want to plug real quick? Um, no, not yet, but, okay. um, I, I would like to, uh, touch on just as, as part of the, the answer to the question. Sure. Um, a couple of other near misses Fairchild had in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, apart from missing out on on having exclusive production rights to one of the most produced military firearms of all time, um, they also balked at um, and, and ceased production of the Fairchild Channel F, which was the very first cartridge-loading video game console. That was one of theirs, and they didn't really see it panning out, so they, they canceled that project. And even earlier than that, um, they had spun off and gotten rid of, um, or, well, it's it's a little different from that. They shut down the Fairchild Semiconductor Division. Um, and <laughs> Semiconductors? Who needs those? Yeah, well, many of the employees from Fairchild Semiconductor left uh, when when their division got shut down and founded their own company called Intel. I've heard. Wait, of are, are they still in business? They sound like a bunch of incompetent boobs. <laughs> a fair um, child. Yeah, you you could say that. You could say they're still in business. Yeah. Well. Awesome job. Can you believe that? How old are you again, Sam? Uh, twenty-four. Last I checked. Twenty-four years old. That's my nephew. Very impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Very every impressive. answer is way more than what's on the head. And you never give him, Michael, you don't give him the the heads up. No, in fact, I don't even look at the question until, you know, we get the the script here today. Mm -hmm. But I want to stump him just as badly, probably more so than anybody. And And we've got about a 90, what? 98, 99? 98% win rate. Yeah. Wow. You have no idea. So that means he, he will, gets only one question wrong every two years. He makes our <laughs> jaw drop. That's about right. Every single time. Very good. And usually the one he misses, we don't expect him to miss. <laughs> you know, that's the one that's crazy. Anyway, great job, Sam. Thank yeah. you so much. But I got to tell you, when he does tell you, he said, you know, I really don't think I, no. I really, you know one of my favorite questions? Which one? The Cinderella slipper. Yeah. The accidental question. <laughs> oh, yeah. Throw that out there. What was the answer to that question? The, the What was it? The furry the slipper, glass slipper or whatever? Yeah, the glass the slipper, yeah. The glass slipper. Something. But what does it have to do with guns? That's unfair. It was an accidental. No, he, it came he, about somehow by it. accident. I don't so remember how it happened. We were talking about, so why is, you know, in, in Cinderella, it was a glass slipper. 
Why is it a glass slipper? Nobody wears a glass shoe, right? right. Do you know, you know why it's called a glass slipper? Why? Tell them again, Sam. Why is it a glass slipper? Um, I don't know if I should let you guys inflate my ego that much, <laughs> but it was it was a, a mistranslation from the original French. Um, the the words for fur and glass are homophones. They sound alike. Yeah. So this, oh, so it's supposed to be a first, to be a a first yeah. slipper. Like, you know, made of, of leather, basically. And yeah. we were just talking and threw it out there. And he says, well, <laughs> let me explain to you. that It uh, somehow <laughs> was relevant to the question. I'm like, why? Glass slipper? That doesn't even make any sense. He goes, yeah. well, it was a mistranslation. Blah, blah, blah. I'm like, all right. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Just moved on. Awesome job, Sam. Thanks very much. Thanks for having me on, as always. And uh, good night. All right, so, take care, buddy. So we haven't talked. We haven't really talked about guns at all or the Second Amendment at all. But that's really because I think your track record Speaks stands, for itself. Speaks mm-hmm. for itself. But why don't you take like a minute, Carl? Why, why? I mean, you could have lent your help to a bunch of different groups, but you felt like our Second Amendment group was was important. And you talked about the infrastructure and what we're trying to accomplish. But why the Second Amendment? Why is it important to you? Because take a look at how much government has failed us in California. We have an open border with terror watch suspects coming across. We have criminals that are being coddled and being rewarded for bad behavior. Police officers are being dis- disparaged, and we're running them out of out of our state, um, and so we're left defenseless. And the people who are trying to take our Second Amendment rights away say, "Well, the reason why you don't need your Second Amendment rights is because government will take care of you." How's that working out? <laughs> it's not working out, and so. We absolutely have to have this right preserved. Uh, our lives ultimately depend upon it, and that's not an exaggeration. Um, and so uh, for me, it's it's empowering people. It's protecting people. Um, when people know about how to responsibly exercise their Second Amendment rights, it gives them power. It gives them the sense of safety that they are not going to be a victim. And there are too many bad forces out there that can hurt people, and that's why we need our Second Amendment rights because government's not always going to be there to protect us, and a lot of times government will be the reason why we have a problem. Thank you for all you've done to support, and uh, very best luck in in your race. Thank you. Hey, will you go to Walmart with me tonight? I need somebody to carry a calculator. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm getting some birthday presents. As long as I keep it under nine hundred dollars, what could they do? Nine fifty. Oh, it's nine fifty. Splurge tonight. Forty nine more dollars. That in itself is insanity. Work on that when you get up to Sacramento, would you? We'll try. You're not going to move, are you? Oh, hells no. (laughs) The less time I spend in that city, the better. Oh, I hear you, brother. All right, we're going to have to hit the road, but hey, Bob Siegel's in the house. Stick around, and I really want to thank San Diego County gun owners, Orange County gun owners, Inland Empire gun owners, Dylan Logboot, Sage Tree, San Diego Flight Train International, Firearms Legal Protection. Big shout-out to Alicia Curtin, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Matthew Dominguez, Brendan Thomas, and we really appreciate Carl DeMaio coming in. Follow him everywhere and help, help, help. We're out of here. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer.